This is Ursula Hogan. Welcome you to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news this week. The launch of Tomás McNamara's latest book, The Scarf Martyrs, took place last weekend. The launch was performed by Dublin historian Liz Gillis. As people gathered for the event at Scarf GA Park, Jim Collins met up with Liz for Scarf Bay Community Radio. And I'm here at the launch. Uh, with Liz Gillis. Liz, you're very welcome to Scarif. Thanks a million for having me. It's the first time here and it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I feel like I know the streets from reading Tomás's book. So to actually be here in the town, in the area, it's absolutely amazing. Yes, and you're a historian yourself? I am, yeah. Um, like Tomás, um, I've uh, written about the Irish Revolutionary period with a focus on Dublin um, and Cork and then the women. Okay. And oh, the women? The women, yes. yes. Okay. So how you became interested, you obviously know Tomás. Um, yeah, we met, uh, met a couple of years back in 2019, but see, I had known of Tomás's work, he had known of my work. It's, it's quite a small world, the, the history world, um, and I love Tomás's work. So we just made contact and met up in Dublin and um, just just hit it off immediately. It was like compared notes, as in, you know, he's telling me all about what happened in Clare, I'm telling him about all what happened in Dublin. But the thing that we have really in common is getting those local stories, because that's where you have the real gems. That's where the real history is, on the ground with the less well-known men and women. And I suppose, even though one is Dublin and the other is a rural part of East Clare, uh, there's probably a lot in common. Oh, they're, they're, they're all connected. And Tomás actually proves this and shows this with the book. I'm not going to give it away, but there are so many connections. Like, we all know that Ireland is a village in any way, but in terms of the Irish Revolution, it doesn't matter where, whether you're in Cork, Clare, Dublin, Belfast, you'll find those connections. All those strands are brought together and they all play a part in the story of the Irish Revolution. Okay, and I suppose the reason for your, what is your hobby and your work is that uh, the past is remembered. And, and I suppose you have a, a great view of the importance of that. Oh, definitely. We need to know where our past. We have to know our past and we cannot forget the sacrifices that were made by those previous generations. And what I love about Tomás's work, um, and, and I would be similar as well, is that we're really interested in getting out those stories that haven't been heard in a long time or haven't been heard before. Because, as I said, that's where you find the real, the real nuggets of history. Because we all know the big stories. But you can't have the big stories without those little stories. They all feed into it. And, and it's just such a, a rich resource. There are so many stories still yet to be discovered. And Tomás is, is just shown, is, is a shining example of what you can do when you bring it down to a local level and the value of oral history and how important oral history is in telling this story of our past because you're getting the human side of it. And I suppose sometimes there can be a conflict between, you know, maybe at, at academic level, between the, the written history and where there are multiple sources yeah. and then the oral history where you're talking to an older person who was talking to somebody 50 or 60 years ago and bringing you their story. Yeah, and again, Tomás totally shows the, the, the huge importance of oral history because oral history, the, the people who kept those stories alive through the generations, there were records kept, official records. They have now been released thanks to military archives and 
Whereas it may have been said that you can dismiss oral history because it is not written down, the records that have been released are verifying the testimonies that were given by people orally all those years ago. So the two are coming together and you cannot, it cannot be dismissed. Oral history cannot be dismissed any longer. It is a, a viable source. It is a, 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 an essential source to tell this story. And I suppose it's the oral history that's passed on by word of mouth is, is what influences generations as they hear them. Well, that's it. And the other value with oral history is when you're, if you're reading a document, you're, you're not getting the, the sense of emotion or the, the, the sort of impact of certain events. They just don't come out of the page when it's an official document. Um, with the oral history, and especially with, with like Tomas recording those interviews, every sigh, every pause, every breath, that's actually enhancing the story. They may not, people give away more um, of the impact of an event that happened in their lifetime by the, the silences that they, that they give in the interviews. And that's missed on a page. So by listening to those interviews, and the way Tomas, he has a gift, um, that even when you're reading the words that Tomas has himself recorded, you can, you can see where the pauses are and you can actually feel what that person is feeling when they're recounting that story um, from you know 100 years ago. Talking to one or two people, and I let you go then because I know you've an important job to do, talking to one or two people around, let's say, whose family members were involved uh, you know, in the IRA or whatever, many of them uh, wouldn't talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and would you have found that in your work that, that those who were involved, let's say, back in, in 1920, 21, um, they, they, didn't, they wouldn't talk about it themselves? Yeah, um, and, and I suppose it's the whole the trauma of what they went through, um, the loss, um, the sense of maybe want to just try and, and move on, um, not forget because they would remember themselves, but to by not talking about it, it was a way of maybe helping to deal with such such huge trauma. But then you have the likes of people like Tomas um, and other local historians who were, were, were who saw the potential there, who knew there were stories there and that had to be documented or had to be recorded um, and that he was willing to, to go and, and, and ask those people would they talk to him. They then trusted him because this is a huge thing. You tell those stories but what was going to happen with that information. So you have to build up a relationship and Tomas is obviously he obviously did that. You know, I can imagine him, you know, as a young flint knocking on the doors, you know, saying, please talk to me. I can imagine his enthusiasm. Um, but they trusted him enough to, to tell those stories. Not that they would be used immediately, but in 20 or 30 years, that someday they might be released. Yeah. And that moment has come. Um, sadly, a lot of the people at Tomas would have interviewed are no longer with us. But thankfully, he got them. And they're part of this story now because so the revolution is obviously one part of the story, but remembrance is the other part of the story, how we remember, and this is what Tomas has captured in this book, both elements, the story of the revolution and the story of remembrance. And and it's amazing and thank God he was so enthusiastic when he was a young lad 
and he saw the potential and he knocked on those doors and he got those stories down because this is a legacy for the community. It's amazing. Okay. Well, I can see Liz why he asked you to launch it <laughs> because the enthusiasm just flies out of you. Listen, you have a big job to do in a few minutes, so many thanks for talking to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Thanks a million for having me. Thank you. <laughs> The first round of the Clare Senior Camogie Championships took place last weekend. Champions of two years ago, Scarif Gunlow overcame Kilkishan Budike at Father McNamara Park and afterwards, Scarif Gunlow manager David Sullivan spoke to our sports correspondent, Pat McNamara. David Sullivan, the juvenile manager yeah. uh, on his first first victory in the Clare Senior Championship for Scarif Gunlow. And while David just fixing on his head there, David, first of all, congrats on a very comprehensive win against a, you know, a solid team at Kilkishan Budike. He was very pleased with the contribution of the mature players and also the very young players who's making their debuts. Ah, we are. Look, uh, I suppose when I first took over here, I never looked anything beyond this game, first round of a championship. I think I tried to drum into the players all along that you can get too far ahead in, in a campaign and forget to win the games you're meant to win. And, you know, we've worked very hard for this day. Um, since the county girls have come back at the, the start of August, we've really ramped up preparations. You know, I, I'm dealing with a fantastic group of players. Uh, we've given so many numbers to the county all throughout the year, and, you know, we've just given us a chance then to develop the likes of Daniel Beston there today, Lorraine Grady, Cleena McNamara, you know, Rachel Daly and Golds. We've given us a proper opportunity to play all those girls in a, in a senior league that maybe they mightn't have got the opportunity if we had a full squad available. And so I'm totally delighted, but the thing is now we have to kind of switch to next week, and it's unrelenting. It's three weeks in a row, so we're looking forward to it. It's going to be helpful, Heather. And uh, David, oh, one thing we did seem to notice in the first half is that... Uh, you weren't exactly passing the ball around for the fun of it in defence. We noticed that your half-back line midfielders were delivering great balls to the forwards in front to give the forward the advantage. The forwards are showing in front. We just thought that the fairly direct game you were playing suited the conditions. Yeah, well, to be honest, I, I, the one thing I bred into these girls is direct, direct, direct. I, I trust these girls in my life. I'm not going to entertain sweepers or entertain being afraid of anybody in this championship. We are, we're here to stand one-on-one with everybody in this championship. And uh, I think some of those people are forgetting about us in terms of talking about maybe winning this competition. But we've seen today that we have a group of players who are capable of doing that and we want to be direct and we want to run at teams and we want to cause a lot of teams a lot of problems in this championship and we're, we're, we're going to give it hell for leather. It looks like you will and a lot of teams can take notice of today's performance. Uh, you will be aware of the success of this team I suppose in recent years before you took over and uh, you know what are the qualities you've seen in, in all the sessions you've had with them and the league games etc. What are the qualities you're most like in this team that you've seen since you took over? Oh just unbelievable hurlers just very talented very committed like we were in in Cravens last Sunday morning at 8 o'clock and had a full panel of players available and that doesn't you can go to many camogie clubs around Ireland but you won't get that response you know I know I'm dealing with a very professional outfit full of fantastic players who are willing and dying to win a championship and whether they're the youngest girl on the field, Danielle, today, or whether they're Bob or, or Moraine inside, every girl is hungry to win another senior championship. And uh, I know what I'm dealing with is, is a very ambitious group of players who are willing to die for us and we're willing to die for them on the sidelines. So hopefully that success will follow from there. So great spirit in the camp, obviously, and obviously the girls are enjoying their training. So uh, uh, it's your first foray really into, into this this, this type of hurl, this type of camogie in clear at this level and uh, who, who are the teams you'll be looking out for who will be up next and what are the things you have to look out for that the other, the other sides that you'll be, aware, be very well, aware of we're, we're playing St. Joseph's Door Bearfield next week and 
you know, you could ask many different people, they'll probably say we should win that one handy, but that's not our approach or that's not our mindset at all. We will treat them with as much respect as we treat a Kikishin Bow Dyke today, and that's the way we have to do it every week because if we take die off our ball once, you know, you, you'll get beaten by teams, and, and no team is going to relax because you're you're not at the, your full tilt like so. Uh, look, you're going to have your eye on us. I was in Tubber last night, I seen Kilmele and Newmarket playing in this section as well, and it was a really high quality, intense game of Camogie. So we know if we have to come out of this group, we have to come out of uh, of a group of three with two other semi-finalists from last year fighting for that second spot along with ourselves so we know we're under no illusions that it's going to be a huge battle but that's why we play Camogie look these girls were stuck in their their sitting rooms of me in February doing doing um, strength and conditions through Zoom and I, I, at that stage no one knew whether this was ever going to be possible that we'd step out in the field with two or three or five hundred people present in the month of August or September so we're just delighted to be back and we're delighted to get the win and we're going to roll on to next week and try and get the, build the momentum ahead of the rest of the games in the following weeks Well David Solon of the Scarlet Management uh, thanks indeed for joining us well done and a really impressive victory today we wish you luck in the rest of the campaign and uh, from the way you're talking I'd say the determination won't be uh, lacking no, any of us no, so well, it's the very best of luck and thank we, you for joining us very much indeed We may be outsiders but we're here to win with the rest of the girls and thanks very much David, thanks very much thanks. You've been listening to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio. Join us again next week and we'll have you, keep you updated on local events. And this is Ursula Hogan for Scarf Bay Community Radio.